we had started, I'm going to say, three or four months ago, Michael. It's been, been a while, right? Uh, teaching about the fivefold ministry. And we have taught about apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors. And the only one that we haven't talked about yet are the teachers. And uh, I'm kind of waiting until Jay gets back. And we're going to do something special for that one. I'm not, we haven't really decided exactly what we're going to do. So uh, Jay said, preach on whatever you want to preach on. And that, boy, that opens up a big door <laughs> to, uh, you know, what I could do. But this is something uh, I feel uh, God's put on my heart for a while. And I'm not going to say that this week he told me to preach on this. But uh, it's been something that I, I really believe is, is important in our Christian walk. I titled it Invisible Barriers to Blessings. And... You know, we, we all want to be blessed. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where uh, if I said to you, uh, raise your hand if you want to be blessed today, everybody would raise their hand. I mean, it's an obvious thing. We don't, we don't want to miss it. You look at uh, early scripture, right in the beginning of Genesis, and you don't have to turn there because I'm just going to read through some things uh, very, very quickly. But uh, Genesis starts off very quickly with, and God blessed them, and God blessed them. And when you, you see it over and over again, God blessed Noah, God blessed this person, and God blessed that person. And it's, it's so much in Scripture. And I think that's God's heart. He wants to bless us. And we do want to be blessed. We want to be blessed spiritually. We want to be blessed physically. We want to be blessed emotionally. We want to be blessed financially. You know, all of these things are, are, are blessings that we, we just love to receive. But, you know, there, there is something that can get in the way of blessings. And it's actually the opposite of a blessing, and that's a curse. And a, a curse in our life can stop the blessings of God. So that God wants to bless us, and we want to be blessed, but he can't. Because something is this barrier there that um, gets in the in the way of that. So I want to talk about that, and I want to talk about that for, for two reasons. Number one, there could be a barrier in our own lives that prevent us from being blessed by God in, in, in many ways. And the other reason is because we're hoping as a body of believers that this we're going to grow. And as, as we're growing, we're going to have people walking in the back door who, you know, might have issues, might have curses in their life that are preventing them from being blessed. And we want to make sure that, uh, that we can minister to them in the proper way. So what we want to talk about today is uh, what are these doorways to curses? You know, what, what opens that doorway into our life that could... That could uh, have a curse in our life in some way that prevents us from uh, being blessed. And then to, to move on from that, how do we recognize a curse in our life? I mean, could we have a curse in our life and not even know it? That's a possibility. So, that, so we want to be able to recognize. And then, of course, it wouldn't be fair if we stopped at that point and didn't talk about how do we get rid of a curse if we do have one in our life. So let's pray, and then we'll, we'll move on to some of these things. 
Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you that you are a God who wants to bless us in so many ways. And Lord, we don't want to have anything in the way of uh, these uh, blessings, Lord, because we do want to receive them and we know that you want to give them to us. So, Lord, we pray that today uh, that we recognize, that we, we see different things that are possibilities in our life, Lord God, or possibilities in people that we're going to be ministering to in the future. And, Lord, that as uh, we uh, learn these things, that uh, it will help us to uh, draw into a closer uh, relationship with you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Okay, so... Let me start out with this. It was about a year ago, uh, this month, I believe, or maybe next month, that I lost my younger brother, uh, and I lost him to drugs and alcohol. He um, just—he was just a big drinker and uh, alcoholic through his life, and he did recognize the fact that he was an alcoholic, and he tried in so many ways, of course without God, um, tried in so many ways to overcome his alcoholism, uh, went to various programs, some of them very, very expensive, and some of them traveled across the country to get to them. Um, but, you know, he, he would come back home, he'd get off the plane at the airport, and right to the bar, he, even after a, a week or two of, of these programs. And, of course, uh, I'm not sure if, if my uh, uh, brother ever knew the Lord. He did at one point go start going to church. He was talking about godly things. And then, you know, it, it was long distance, so I would only talk to him on the phone. So I never got to that point where I ever really knew. And then, and then he, he passed away. So I, I never knew that. But I want to take you into... Scripture and tell you why I'm um, telling you this story. Uh, I'm going to take you into uh, Numbers 14, 18 first. Some of these scriptures are going to be very, very quick, so uh, it's up to you whether or not you want to go there or just listen to the scripture. But here it is. The Lord is long-suffering. We're in verse 18 of, of chapter 14. The Lord is long-suffering and abundant in mercy. Forgiving iniquity and transgression, but he by no means clears the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation. And actually, if you go into Exodus 34, I'm not even going to have you turn there. It says the same thing. It says this over and over again in Scripture. The positive end of that is the blessings that we inherit are passed on to the third and fourth generation. But so are our sins passed down to the third and fourth generation. Going back to the story of my brother, he never knew that he was living under a curse. See, my dad is a recovering alcoholic. Very proud he's been in AA for about 30 years now, and uh, he, would, he would very gladly tell you that story. Um, but he... he is he, he never says, I'm not an alcoholic. He always says, I'm a recovering alcoholic. His dad was an alcoholic. And so was my mom's dad, an alcoholic. 
it, and it's amazing, and you can see, you know, there's teachings out there that say, you know, you could be born with this because it's something that comes through your blood and stuff like that that you kind of inherited. And I don't believe that at all. I believe it's what we call a generational curse. And it says very specifically in Numbers that the sins of the fathers, you know, are uh, visited upon uh, the third and fourth generation. When I think of third and fourth generation, that goes back to my great-great-grandfather. I don't know what my great-great-grandfather was like. And neither does my dad. He's the only one that's alive that could possibly have told me because that would be his great-grandfather. So it's very hard. Sometimes there are curses that are passed down through the generations. Somewhere along the line, we have to break them. We'll talk about how to break them uh, within our families. This was something that Patty and I had to do in our own family because since my dad is an alcoholic, that could be passed down to my children. Even though uh, I'm not an alcoholic, but it, it could skip me and go to them. So I wanted to make sure that that was broken in our family. Okay, But you can see, the point is, where the generational curse can prevent the blessing. Right? Because you have an iniquity and a sin that's being passed down through the generations. So sometimes, we, if, if there's something like a dark area in our life that we can't figure out, sometimes it could be a generational curse that has been passed down through generations. Now, we can break them. All right, so it's not it's not hopeless. It's not like oh, what am I going to do now? I don't I don't know you know what the curses are. But let let me give you some scenarios here so that you you understand what I'm saying. Let's take uh, an example of uh, person A and person B. Person A and person B both uh, are about the same age. They both have young children. They have home. They have cars in the driveway, and they both have jobs. Okay, person A. Uh, is very, very fulfilled in his job, uh, experienced success in most of the things he does, all right? and, uh, you know, uh, sets goals and seems to achieve them. Person B, even though he has a job and everything, never seems to be able to achieve the goals he sets in his life. He seems depressed a lot. He has this, this kind of grayness, lack of joy in his life, doesn't really know why. Okay, um, experience frustration in raising his children, experience frustration in trying to enjoy the job that he has, that he really you know, studied for and thought that's what he wanted to do. Okay, his marriage is kind of going along so-so. Okay, so you see, what's the difference between person A and person B? They, be, they seem to have the same things. Person B probably has a curse somewhere in his life that is establishing this gray area in their life. They don't know why. They have no idea. Could be a generational curse, or it could be something else that they have done in their lives, some of these things that we're going to talk about. But what I'm trying to do is set a picture for you so that you understand what that curse means. Now, it doesn't affect your salvation. It doesn't mean that because you're under a curse, that you can't be saved. You give your life to the Lord, you're saved. That's, that's established. But it's the joy of your life here on this earth. If you're living under a curse, 
then you might not be experiencing the joy that, that God really wants us to experience. So we're going to look at some of those things. I mean, we looked at generational curses. Let's look at some other things that could uh, create, uh, give us a, a, a curse in our life. Let's go to Exodus chapter 20. And you'll see here part of the Ten Commandments. It's actually the first two, and I'm going to start reading in verse 3. It says, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. Okay, and then, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. Okay, so there is that scripture again. Uh, any dabbling in the occult, any setting up anything that is more important than God himself in our lives or maybe in our dads or our grandfathers or something, because these are, are passed down. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there, occultist stuff that you can easily, easily get involved in, you know, that, um, that you could uh, find uh, in reading or in, in just uh, opening up the newspaper or anything like that. There's so much that is involved with, with witchcraft, uh, usually in witchcraft you can see it because there's a lot of mani manipulation involved. There's a, 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 a stress on somebody trying to dominate somebody else in some way. Uh, all of these things are occultish things and, again, could create a curse in our lives. Words also are things that can bring about a curse. And uh, somebody... Uh, could possibly want to curse you out in some way or create this curse. And we can protect ourselves from them. Proverbs tells us about that. Proverbs 26.2 says that like a flitting sparrow, like a flying swallow, so a curse without cause shall not alight. So you see that somebody can curse you and... If, you, if there's a cause, in other words, you're doing something sinful, something wrong, that person curses you, that curse could alight on you. Okay? But you're protected if there is no reason for the curse to alight. So if you are following the Lord, you know, doing what God is telling you to do day by day by day, or trying to do that, you know, doesn't mean we don't sin at all, but you know, you don't have any anything serious in there. It can protect you from that. James uh, three nine and ten talks a little bit about this too. Let's go back into the New Testament and to James chapter three. This is a familiar scripture. It says in verse eight. This is three eight. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our God and Father, and with it, 
we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. Okay, so um, they can be done uh, from other people. So we're just trying to look at various ways that this can happen. Let's go to, back into the Old Testament to Deuteronomy chapter 27. Most of us know, by the way, that Deuteronomy 28 talks about all the blessings and then all the curses. Uh, we will not read them because if you, uh, we would spend probably three quarters of the sermon just reading that because there are so many curses. A lot more curses than there are blessings, at least in, in the number of uh, scriptures on them. Okay, so Deuteronomy 27, we're going to start reading in 15. Cursed is the one who makes a carved or molded image, an abomination to the Lord, the works, the work of the hands of the craftsman. And then, cursed is the one who treats his father or his mother with contempt. And 17, cursed is the one who moves his neighbor's landmark, 18, cursed is the one who makes the blind to wander off the road. 19, cursed is the one who perverts the uh, justice due the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow. Because they are very protected by God. Then 20, cursed is the one who lies with his father's wife because he has uncovered his father's bed. Okay, there's... Those are moral sins, ethical sins, the perverted stuff. Because um, if you go on reading down there, it's you know people who lie with animals and things like that. All of those um, can bring a curse into our life. Okay, the next one is anti-Semitism. And anti-Semitism can be something that uh, is done by an entire nation, or it can be done you know, individually by, by a, a person. So a, a nation could be under a curse. For example, if you read the book of Obadiah, okay, most of us haven't. The book of Obadiah is, I think, the shortest book in the Old Testament. And it talks about this nation of Edom. And uh, Edom was being uh, reprimanded and punished by the Lord because they were picking on the nation of Israel. They were uh, attacking Israel, and then when other nations attacked them, they would go in and plunder Israel, and uh, people that were trying to escape during the attack, the people of Edom would be killing, you know, different things like that that they were doing to the Jewish people. So, um, anybody know where Edom is today? does not exist anymore. Okay, that was the... Uh, you know, the, the, the result of their anti-Semitism. Uh, we have some present-day uh, anti-Semitism as far as uh, what we might see in countries is uh, in the country of Great Britain. If, if, you, if you know history and you studied history, you will see Great Britain was the most powerful nation in the world in the 19th century. And they, uh, they owned or ruled over so many uh, parts of the, uh, of the earth that you know, they were considered one of, the, one of the greatest nations at that time. 
Well, come into the 20th century, and they were the ones that were ruling over Palestine at the time that Israel was uh, coming to be a nation in 1948. And Great Britain did not do itself any favors uh, as far as how they treated the Jewish people. Um, they were very pro-Arab, and when they took the land that was supposed to be Israel and divided up that land, about 80% of the land went to the Arabs, and, and the Jewish people got about, I think it was 19% of the land that they were really supposed to get. All right? When you look at Great Britain today, okay, and, and the way they treated the Jewish people, they are not the powerful nation that they once were. Okay? They're... I wouldn't consider them a third world country, but they're somewhere in between because they, when you mention the powerful nations in the world today, Great Britain is, is not one of them. Uh, if you look at uh, Genesis 12 and verse 2, it's a very powerful verse. I can find it. This is 12. Come on. Here we are. Okay, verse 3. And I, it says, I will bless those, and he's talking about Abraham and the people of Abraham, the Jewish people. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. This is God talking. So God can curse you too if you're doing something that goes against what he's telling me not to do. So I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Okay? In Abraham, in the Jewish people, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Okay? But you can curse yourself by going against that, by cursing the Jewish people. I think in, in, individually we have to be very, very careful in, in the way... Um, we treat the nation of Israel and the Jewish nation. And uh, I preached on this before where we really need to be praying for them. I mean, there's a lot going on uh, in Israel. There's a lot of suffering that the Jewish people go through that we don't hear it too much about in the news. All right? But if you do a lot of reading about what's going on over there, 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 is, there really is, is a lot. And it's really important that you know, we be doing that. But even as a, as a nation, our nation is tinkering on, you know, whether or not we're going to support Israel or not. We have some leaders in administration that don't want to and other leaders that do. And we really need to be praying that we as a nation do not turn uh, against, against Israel. The next one, the next uh, thing is in Jeremiah 17.5. And let's see if we can get to Jeremiah or I can get there quickly anyway, because you don't really have to. Jeremiah 17.5. And it says, Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. And just very quickly, instead of trusting in God, we're trusting too much in man. That brings about a curse. The next one we're very, very familiar with, and that's in the book of Malachi, because you've heard many, many pastors preach on this somewhere along the line. Okay? And you fall under a curse if you rob God. 
They're talking about the tithes and the offerings uh, back then. Now, I know uh, uh, the Old Testament talks a lot about tithing. Uh, the New Testament really doesn't mention tithing, but it does mention giving generously. And, you know, in the Old Testament, if they're talking about the tithing principle, if the New Testament is a better covenant, then probably we should be better giving, better givers than, than even the tithe. Okay? So uh, the tithe can be very kind of uh, legalistic, but uh, giving generously, it's just, you know, it's between us and God, and God knows, you know, where our hearts are in these things. But if we don't do that, we're robbing God. Okay? And that can bring us under a curse. All right. Also, uh, Zechariah 5 talks about theft and perjury. You know, uh, you take an oath and then you lie under oath. That brings a curse. All right? God tells us that that, that happens. Okay? And then finally, there's uh, self-imposed curses where we can actually bring a curse on ourselves by things that we're saying. And I think as Christians, we have to be careful about things that a lot of people say, but they don't think much about it. You know? This drives me crazy. You know? That's, I'm not saying that if anybody says that, they're definitely under a curse. But those are the, the borderline things that you know, we say, uh, you know, how stupid I am, you know, and, and you, you kind of like speak these things into your life and you actually stop believing stuff when you say things over and over again. So we just have to be uh, careful in that. But uh, Matthew 12, adjust this. So I want to read that scripture really quickly. Matthew 12, uh, verses 36 and 37. This, again, this is, these are the words of Jesus. But I say to you, that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Okay, our words are so, so important. Now, I mentioned to you before that Deuteronomy 28 talks about the blessings and the curses and what can happen uh, because of the, the, uh, the curses. Uh, I wrote down somewhere. I, I was reading Derek Prince on this and he kind of took Deuteronomy 28 and kind of put it into a nutshell. Because once again, if we were to read Deuteronomy 28, it would take probably 20 minutes of a sermon to read everything in there on the blessings and the curses. So he took, he took all the curses and said, these are some of the things that you might look at that would indicate that there's a possible curse in your life. So here they are. And these are what he wrote. Number one, mental or emotional breakdown. Two, repeated chronic sicknesses. Three, barrenness or a tendency to miscarry. Four, breakdown of your marriage, family alienations. Five, continuing financial insufficiency. And six, 
a history of suicides in your family or unnatural deaths or untimely deaths. Okay, so that was kind of it in, in a nutshell. And, and basically what he said, if you have like one of these, it doesn't mean that you have a curse. But he says if you have several of them, that, that you should be looking at that. But the measure always will be the Holy Spirit. You have to seek the Holy Spirit to see if it's something that uh, is, is a curse in your life. And that's really, you know, really important. So there's no direct guideline, like if you have two of these and one of these and one of these, you definitely have a curse or anything like that. So you have to ask the Holy Spirit, you know, if you do. So these are the things that if you found that you did have a curse in your life, uh, these are the things that you could do to uh, overcome that and make sure that it was not and make sure it didn't get passed down to uh, future generations in your own family. Or if you were ministering to somebody who you knew was under a curse, you could help them out in this. The first thing is that you need to confess your faith in Jesus Christ. It's important that the salvation is established in that. The second thing is repentance. is repentance of whatever that you've been doing. Now, this is the one that it doesn't, this doesn't sound fair, but if it's a generational curse... Okay, and it's your father that did it or your grandfather, you still need to repent. Okay, you repent of the sin because you're, you're going you're gonna to get that sin under the blood of Jesus. So that uh, even though you might not have done that sin, that's something that you want to repent about within the family thing as, as it is. Okay? The next thing is you have to make sure that if there is anyone that you have not forgiven, you need to forgive them. Okay, so if anyone has done anything against you, you make sure that that barrier is not there, that lack of forgiveness. Okay, remember God says that he can't forgive us unless we forgive others. Okay, so that's something that needs to be done. And if there is anything in, in the occult that we, have been, that we have dealt with or our previous generations have dealt with in any way, Okay, we need to renounce that, renounce the occult practices. Okay, and then the last thing is to make sure that we pray that we are under the blood of Jesus. Remember, Jesus took all our curses and nailed them to the cross. Okay, so we need to accept that, the release that we're going to get from that, and of course, thank him, thank him for that. As I finish, I, I really would, I, I think we need to let, there's a lot of information that came in and we just kind of need to let it settle. So uh, I'm just going to, you know, say that uh, we're done, but you're done whenever you feel like, you know, you've settled this in, into your own hearts or minds. If, if you need to think about it, you need to pray about it, if you need to pray with somebody, that's fine. Uh, I, I've mentioned this to you before. If there's anyone that needs healing, and they can come up and pray because you want to be prayed for by the elders of the church. But if, uh, if you just need to pray with somebody, there are plenty of people around that you, know, you can just go and pray with somebody that's, that's here. Okay? So um, hopefully uh, we've gotten something good out of, out of all this.
And uh, as we go on, we just want to serve the Lord and, uh, and just glorify Him. In Jesus' name, amen.